There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, it's hard to believe that it's Thursday already, but this is our Thursday edition of the podcast. It is March 24th, and the year just plugs on, and so we're thankful for each of you that tune in each and every day. Those of you maybe tune in for the first time, or then our sporadic listeners. We have some uh, that will occasionally listen. We also have some that will binge listen. They'll download five or six at a time when traveling. We had one this past weekend contacted us, and said they were going to download quite a few of them. They had a long journey to take, and so we're thankful for that. We're thankful for each one that listens. We want to build up. That's what doctrine will do. That's why this is the daily doctrine devotional, uh, because doctrine will build you up. If you have wrong doctrine, you'll have a wrong lifestyle. If you have the right doctrine, you'll have a right lifestyle. If you believe the Word of God, you'll live right. If you don't believe the Word of God, you won't live right. And so that's what doctrine will do for us. That's the purpose of this podcast. We will be this week, Lord willing, on Sunday, we're going to be at the Lebanon Independent Baptist Church. That's in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. You can Google that. It's right downtown. And uh, so we'll be there, Lord willing, for the 1030 service and the 6 p.m. service as well. Uh, pastor Elwood Heller is the pastor there. been pastors ever since they moved the church into town and moved it right downtown on the street corner with good visibility and a good location. And so he's been the pastor there now for over 10 years. And we're certainly thankful for he and the church there for having us in. And so we look forward to being with those folks on Sunday. And uh, if you are not going to church on Sunday, you need somewhere to go to church, you feel like driving to Lebanon, Pennsylvania, we'll be glad to have you. Uh, would you pray for those services? Pray that God will use us in those services in Lebanon. We're back in Psalm 17 again on this Thursday. And I'm going to just start where I left off last time. And he says in verse 8 then of the Psalms, Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings from the wicked that oppress me, from my deadly enemies who compass me about. Now, there's four things that we need to look at here. Two of these we've talked about in other podcasts. One, we've gone to the detail, and I'll just briefly brush on that. The other one, tomorrow, Lord willing, we'll deal with a little bit more extensively. But the first two things I want to look at today, he says, keep me as the apple of the eye, hide me under the shadow of thy wings. Now, the word of God told us in the book of Deuteronomy that Israel would be the apple of his eye. And so we know the word of God told us that. In chapter 32 of Deuteronomy, verse 10, he found him in a desert land and in a waste howling wilderness. He led him about, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. And so the Lord is speaking of these things. He's speaking of when he separated the sons of Adam, set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel, for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob 
is the lot of his inheritance. And so he tells you this is the descendants of Jacob. This is the one he found in the wilderness. This is in that waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. So this is the descendants of Jacob that the word of God speaks of here. We see it again mentioned in the book of the Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 2. And in verse 17, the Lord hath done that which he hath devised. He hath fulfilled his word that he had commanded the days of old. He hath thrown down and hath not pitied. And he hath caused thine enemy to rejoice over thee. He hath set up the horn of thine adversaries. Their heart cried unto the Lord, O wall of the daughter of Zion. Let tears run down like a river day and night. Give thyself no rest. Let not the apple of thine eye cease. So again, now he speaks of this term with Zion. He speaks this of descendants of Jacob, and he tells them to let not the apple of thine eye cease. And we know that, of course, that's the coming of Jesus Christ. That is the coming as they are looking for, Messiah. They're looking for that one that's going to deliver them, that one that's going to rule in Israel, according to the prophets. And so he says, don't let that depart from your eye. Let him still be the apple of thine eye. Zechariah in chapter 2, the word of God again deals with that same statement. And again, I marvel at just how the Lord just continually reveals the word of God through statements, through words. Every word of God is pure. And he said in chapter 2 of, of Zechariah in verse 7 and 8, Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwelleth with the daughter of Babylon. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, After the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that toucheth you touches the apple of his eye. For behold, I will shake mine hand upon them, and they shall be a spoil to their servants, and ye shall know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me. So now he's dealing with when Jesus Christ does come, when Messiah has come to Israel, and the enemies rise up against Israel, they'll be touching the apple of his eye. And this is a precious place. It's a precious thing that the Lord speaks of. It's a position of preciousness. I'm not going to go into the Song of Solomon, but deal with the apples there. We know the apple is a, is, a, is a type. It's a picture. It's a beautiful thing. It's a precious thing. The redness of the apple, the cleanliness of the apple, the crispness of the apple, and then the sweetness of the apple. And all of these things are a pleasure. To see an apple is a beautiful thing. To taste an apple is a wonderful thing. And all those things are, are pictured there in the Song of Solomon. But in Proverbs chapter 7, in verse 1, my son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live and my law as the apple of thine eye. So again, this is a precious thing. Let the apple of thine eye be the precious things, the word of God. And so as he kept Israel, the sons of Jacob, as the apple of his eye, and we know, of course, the son of God is the apple of his eye. Let us also make the son of God, the word of God, the apple of our eye. Let it be precious to us. Now, again, the passage we read, not only talk about the apple of the eye, he says, hide me under the shadow of thy wings. Now, the psalmist mentions that several times, Psalm 63 and verse 6 and 7, he says, When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. And so we see that in, Pro in Proverbs, Psalms 63 and 7, that he's the shadow of his wings. 
We see in Psalm 63 and verse 7, we see the shadow of his wings. Now let's turn the numbers around. Let's go to Psalm 36 and 7. We'll just uh, put those numbers backwards a little bit, and we'll see along the same lines, the same statement, and the Word of God tells us this. He said, How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. And so we see again in Psalm 57 in verse 1, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. So we see all three references here uh, in the Psalms, Psalm 63, 36, and 57, also linked back to Psalm 17. And we see every one of those Psalms is messianic, is dealing with Jesus Christ. And there he is going to take a refuge and a shelter under the shadow of his wings. And so we know that the Lord is going to keep him. He's going to keep him as the apple of his eye. He's going to keep him under the shadow of his wings. And why is he under the shadow of his wings? Well, he said, because I trust in thee. My soul trusteth in thee. And so because his soul trusteth in him, he will hide under the shadow of his wings. It is that mother chicken. It is that hen, if you will. She clucks. And what's the place of safety? It's under her wings. And those little chicks will go running because mama's gone. They trust the mama. They trust the mother hen. And they run to the safety and the shelter and the protection under her wings. My children have recently been introduced to the Hanover Eagle Camp. Over in Hanover, Pennsylvania, there's a little state park that has a, a set of nesting eagles in it. They've been there for several years. And this year, uh, the eagles laid an egg and the egg did not die or did not uh, get destroyed, and the, and the chicks hatched out of the egg without dying in the egg. And just the other day, a chick hatched out of the egg. And my children have marveled at watching the mother not only feed that baby and protect that baby, but then take the wings and the mighty wings of an eagle, yet so delicate and so tender and so precious, and take that chick under her wings and, and scoot that chick between her talons and rest easy on that chick, and then cover her with their wings, its warmth, its protection, its safety. My daughter asked me, Reese, she said, Daddy, why does the mommy eagle sit on the baby? I said, honey, she's not sitting on the baby. She's just protecting the baby. It's a shelter in a time of storm. It's a rock. It's a safe place. It's an overhang. It's a cleft of the rock, if you will. All that baby knows is that mother eagle. Now, Mother Eagle is going to protect that baby, and I wouldn't want to be any other bird or any other creature that would come up and mess with that baby eagle. I wouldn't want to be a raccoon trying to sneak up that tree. I certainly uh, wouldn't want to be a squirrel accidentally coming into that nest. I uh, would regret going into that nest. Why? Because that mother is going to provide safety. She's going to provide warmth. She's going to provide comfort. That's the picture of which we see. Now, Jesus Christ spake about that. And Jesus Christ spoke about that brood, if you will, in Luke chapter 13. And he says in verse 34, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. And so now Jesus Christ himself is using that scripture. And he's telling them, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He said, I would have gathered you like a brood. I would have put you under my wings. Uh, you are the apple of mine eye. 
And I would have protected you. I would have sheltered you. I would have given you safety. But instead, he said, you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Verily I say unto you, you shall not see me until the time come when you shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Matthew 23, Jesus Christ, uh, the, the same story, if you will, just a different place in the Gospels. In Matthew 23 and verse 36 and 37, Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Again, he said, ye would not. And the Lord wanted to gather them. The Lord wanted to protect them. The Lord wanted to give them safety. He wanted to give them shelter. He wanted to nurture them under his wings. And he sent prophets to them to tell them, to warn them, and to point to him. And they stoned the prophets. They killed the prophets all the day long. And I like how he used that word stonest. Why? Because the all-knowing Savior knew they were still going to stone men that came in his name. They not only past tense stoned the prophets, they present tense stoned the prophets. They crucify our Savior, and then we see them stone Stephen. We know Paul was stoned several times. We know that according to the scripture, left for dead, Stephen died when he was stoned. Why? Because they stoned us the prophets. They're still stoning the prophets. And then we see the oppression. And again, that word oppress. Verse 9, from the wicked that oppressed me. We've talked about that previously in the scripture. And I won't expound on that greatly. Just read a couple of verses. But we know that the oppression is often of the poor. Many times the word of God talks about the oppression being of the poor. Those that have no choice. Those that have no help. Those that have no freedom. In verse 9 of Exodus 3, he says, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. And because of that, the Lord told the children of Israel, Leviticus 25, in the law of God, in verse 17, Ye shall not therefore oppress one another, but thou shalt fear thy God, for I am the Lord your God. He reminds them again in Deuteronomy chapter 24, in verse 14, Thou shalt not oppress an hired servant that is poor and needy whether he be of thy brethren or of thy strangers or in thy land within thy gates. At his day thou shalt give him his hire, neither shall the sun go down upon it, for he is poor and settleth his heart upon it, lest he cry against thee unto the Lord, and it be, a sin, and it be sin unto thee. And so we see that you don't oppress that poor man. He's looking for that day's wage. Don't let the sun go down on that. And as he set his heart to receive that wage, and how many times have people set their heart, the bills can be paid, the, the mortgage can be caught up, our debts can be settled. They set their heart on that, and yet the men of, of this world oppress them. They oppress them by withholding the money, withdrawing the money. The wicked oppress on every hand. And so we see the Word of God has told us about oppression. And we're not to oppress the poor ourselves. We're to love the poor. We'll have the poor with us always. But he said this, from the wicked that oppress me. What is the context there? Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings from the wicked that oppress me. So where do we hide from the wicked? Under the shadow of the Lord's wings. The great provider. 
He that is able to do above and beyond anything we could ever understand. He that takes care of the sparrow and clothes the lily of the field. How much more can our heavenly father take care of us? And if we would hide under the shadow of his wings, how much more he would provide for us and his provision would be marvelous for us. But you know what he said of Jerusalem? When I called you as my brood under my wings, he said, ye would not. And men today live in oppression. They live under oppression. Why? They will not flee to the wings of the Savior. They will not hide under the shadow of his wings. They will not come to him that he might relieve them of that oppression. And might I say to you, you might still be poor, but you won't be in oppression with Jesus Christ. You might not have much, but you won't be in oppression with Jesus Christ. There won't be men oppressing you. Why? He takes care of his own. He provides for his own. He'll meet all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And might I say to you, my friend, the oppression of the poor is relieved under the shadow of the wings of our Savior. Tune in tomorrow, if you would. We're going to look at that word to compass, compass about. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.